Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, spring is in the air and I've seen a couple flowers around the area. We were talking about this last week, uh, but definitely flowers are on their way out. And so this week we want to talk about pollination and pollinators, specifically pollinators, and uh, how we can protect the areas they live in. So let's start out with uh, some of the pollinators that we're most familiar with in this area, and maybe some that we don't know about. So we'll start out talking a little bit about bees. And Pennsylvania actually has about 450 species of native bees. The most popular one probably being the honeybee. They seem to get most of the attention. So there's about 2.5 million honeybee hives in the United States alone. That's actually something we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail in an upcoming episode. But what we want to focus more on today are the native bees in Pennsylvania. Yeah, because um, maybe no, maybe don't, but um, Apis mellifera, the honeybee, is not native to the U.S. Uh, it was imported over here let's say a couple hundred years ago and it's primarily used to pollinate our crops and uh, it's very efficient at doing so and that's why it was brought over uh, but there are a lot of native pollinators a lot of bees so there's bumblebees or sweat bees leafcutter bees mason bees mining bees carpenter bees we we talked about those last week um, kind of a, a bit of a nuisance but Still a very good pollinator. It's also actually been shown in research that native bees are superior pollinators compared to honeybees in a lot of cases. So for example, in one study, researchers looking at 600 fields and 41 cropping systems found fruit set can increase twice as much with wild bee pollination compared to honeybees. Wow. Just to even expand that a little bit further, um, Worldwide, there's actually 22,000 different species of bees. So that just puts a different perspective on how many there are really on our planet. But, um, you know, there's not just bees. There's other pollinators as well. Uh, there's flies, believe it or not. Flies like the tachnid fly or the green bottle fly. Uh, they, they really enjoy uh, flowers that maybe don't smell as good to us. You'll see them tend to move towards the, the flowers that smell a little bit um, rancid. So they compare some to rotten flesh. But those are your trilliums or stinking Benjamins. Pawpaw, that's a fruit tree. It's not grown around here so much, but it does have a, a different smell to it. Even Queen Anne's Lace is another one that draws in flies for pollinators. Another common pollinator that will be returning to the state here very shortly is the hummingbird. And the most common hummingbird species in PA is the ruby-throated hummingbird. They're actually the only species that nests in Pennsylvania, although you can see others throughout the spring and summer. They pollinate by inserting their beak into a flower to drink the nectar, and the sticky pollen grains cling to the sides of a beak. So when the hummingbird visits its next flower, some of the pollen grains are transferred and that's kind of how they help pollinate. And then of course a, a familiar one is the butterfly family. Uh, and we're familiar with monarchs and milkweeds, but there's definitely more than that. There's skippers and swallowtails and sulfurs, or just to name a few. 
There's also moths that are a good pollinator and they usually tend to they migrate towards the white flowers that remain open at night. Uh, so your flocks, I generally see them on flocks. That's one flower they have around my house. It's a white flower. And this is a really interesting species, the sphinx moth. So that moth looks a lot like a hummingbird when it comes in. Um, just a, a really cool moth to watch and observe. And then surprisingly enough, beetles. There's 30,000 species of beetles in the U.S. Not usually thought to pollinate flowers, but they do end up on flower heads. Uh, so another one to think about during the pollination process. So if you're interested in attracting more of these pollinators to your yard or to your area, there's many things you can do. So there's several plants you can plant. Um, swamp milkweed, it's a host for monarch butterfly caterpillars, has a cluster of purple-pink flowers, and it also attracts several other pollinators as well. Or stiff goldenrod, as Dawn had mentioned. It's a fall nectar source for pollinators, and it has golden blossoms. I think one thing to mention is, you know, take a walk around your house and see what's growing that's a native flower already. Just plant more. Just uh, replant, move some around, spread them out, take a walk down the road, take a walk around the park, see what's growing out there. Those are your natives. Those are the things that you want to plant. Uh, avoid the ones that have been transplanted, you know, the, the tropical flowers. They'll attract pollinators, but the pollinators aren't used to those plants. Um, so it, it's primarily the ones that you're already seeing around the area that you want to plant more of. If you're interested in feeding the hummingbirds, you should probably go ahead and start thinking about putting a feeder out now. The hummingbirds are starting to come back around this time of the year, and your feeder can serve as a valuable food source for them until more flowers bloom, or in case there's a late frost. I think another point to make is, you know, if you want to help this pollinator population, um, you really want to conserve the natural habitats that we already have. I think man likes to look at the land and, and says, well, you know, it looks better this way with a pond here or with all these trees out of the way, maybe with a nice lawn instead of a bunch of trees. Uh, but that's not how the, the natural world works. We think we know what's best, but sometimes we don't. Uh, and by removing those natural habitats, you decrease populations. So, you know, just leave it as it lies rather than thinking that we know what's best. Uh, make sure you provide clean water. So bird baths are a good option. Um, also those backyard water features that are installed, great sources for uh, pollinators. We're also going to post a couple links on our website with this show that'll have information on pollinator-friendly gardens and planting for pollinators. So those are really good resources if you want to do some reading. Another point to make is uh, you, know, you can create nesting sites uh, just by, I think a popular one right now is Bee Hotels. So you can build one of those. You can purchase a kit online. There's a lot of different resources out there to make your own. Also, another important point to make is, uh, you know, if you're growing a garden, just leave the plants to overwinter. A lot of times those native pollinators, especially bees, they'll find a home in those hollow stems. And finally, uh, another point to make is just 
trying to reduce bee exposure to pesticides or pollinator exposure to pesticides. And that includes insecticides, herbicides, fungicides in both urban and agricultural landscapes. They have been implicated as factors in contributing to pollinator declines. Uh, so just avoid those as much as you can. So with everything going on right now, we kind of like to throw in some ideas for kids to kind of keep them entertained while they're home. So I found a website called Pollinator Live. It's a series of live interactive webcasts, satellite field trips, and web seminars about pollinators, gardening, and conservation. And it's geared towards grades four to eight. So this might be a good learning opportunity if you want to teach your kids some about pollinators as well. And we'd also like to mention that there's a poster contest available to grades K through 12th. And uh, the theme this year, put on by the Pennsylvania Association of Conservation Districts, the theme is, where would we be without pollinators? So that would be fitting, especially for this show, to mention that uh, any kid, grades kindergarten through 12th, can participate. We'll have full details on our website and Facebook. Well, I think that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to today's show, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.sus.condistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Rons. And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>